Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what was terrorizing her and her family? Did it have something to do with an old murder case? This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Share those real ghost stories with us. If you have one, share it. It's 855-853-4802 if you'd like to call it in. Or you can write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You can also get commercial-free versions of the show. And with that, you get advanced episodes and access to the massive archive. You just become a premium subscriber. You can go through Apple Podcasts. You can also sign up through patreon.com slash realghoststories or at ghostpodcast.com. I'm Carol Hughes, and my sister Kathy Gordon's actually with me today. I am. I'm sitting right here beside you. Mm-hmm. So here's a, something that I think is kind of strange. Yeah. I'm not saying it's paranormal. At all, because I don't believe it's paranormal. Okay. I just think it's creepy. Okay. But so I have a half acre, so I have a really big yard. So my backyard kind of looks like a small park because it's got a lot of trees in it and flowering bushes and things. Has a swing. Yeah. And so the other day I was in my backyard with my new dog, Mr. Benjamin Buttons. So cute. Mr. Buttons. We were outside and... um walking around the yard, and he's kind of getting to know everything. So we walk to the back of the yard. And I have a six-foot privacy fence. The guy on the other side of my privacy fence also has a half acre. So there's a lot of ground between me and his house. Mm-hmm. And then there's a retired neighbor on one side. But her backyard doesn't go that far back. The other guys, I don't know. So I'm walking around. There's two Corona bottles in the middle of my backyard. Like, I don't think they're paranormal. I don't think a ghost was back there drinking beer. But does that mean John back there, like, was, like, well, okay. he's an older guy. Why would he be throwing beer bottles? Did well, someone get in get my a, yard and drinking a, beer? Well, you know, it's a bro thing. Like, you get a little <laughs> drunk, and then, like, how far can we throw these, you know? And they just throw them, you know, as he ho as far as they can And I'm throw. like, okay, so is it, are they throwing beer bottles in my yard just to taunt me? Is it like, we hate her? Like, we're drinking (laughs) and having fun, and you're not. Is that it? Yeah, because we don't like her. Throw the bottles in her yard. But it's so funny, because everybody in my neighborhood, like, 
The other two people that it could have been, they're a younger couple, but they're super quiet. Like they never have parties. Like the fact that they'd be tossing Corona bottles over into my yard seems weird. That guy back there, that seems weird. Or did some people just go, let's jump this fence and drink beers in this lady's backyard? And now that's the creepy part. That's like, the creepy like one. Like tossing bottles, okay, whatever. But actually being in your backyard. Yeah, because there's not an alley or there's no through way. There's so not you a gate. Can, you can't walk back between the yards. All the yards go up next to each other. And it's just not like it's a And you keep hard. your gate locked. Oh, yeah, my like, gate's locked you would to get have in there. To You'd have it. to jump the six-foot fence. But then why, of all the places you want to go drink, why would you want to drink in my backyard? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. I'll tell you. I had a, I had a um, picture fall off my wall, my bedroom wall, while I was in bed the other night at about 3 o'clock oh in the God, morning. Oh, my God, I had to scare the shit out of you. Scared the absolute shit out of me. And... I know it wasn't paranormal because it had the little sticky things holding it on and they they after a while get, you know, loose and it, it comes That's up. happening here. But, oh my god, my heart. I it took me 10 minutes to get my heart back, you know, going again cuz I looked over and went, "Okay, I see what happened, but oh my god." <laughs> you know. Well, and then it's like is that what really happened or was it paranormal? Then you just lay there and think about that all night. I have had paranormal things with those pictures because not all of them are on the sticky things and they're on nails. And I've had them down without any reason. Like the nail is still in the wall. It didn't just slip down, right? It had to get up off the nail and fall and then go about eight feet out into the middle of the room and crash and break the glass. So it could have been paranormal. <laughs> that and I mean, and that just, was. Here's the little side note. Oh, by the way, one of the other pictures up there. Yeah, but anyway, so I don't know. You know, I'm just going with no. It, it's just the sticky things that need fixed. But and I'm going no. You know, your neighbor got drunk and tossed him over the fence. Which is so funny. He's like, "Watch this! I'm going to throw these into Carol's yard." <laughs> That's so funny. It's just, that's what's weird. It's like none of my neighbors are those people. Yeah. None of my neighbors have parties. Well, Caesar next door has parties. But they would have had to really thrown him mm. to get him that far to the back of my yard. And they're just not that kind of people. No, I really love Caesar. He he does a, he, his house is gorgeous. And yeah. His wife is gorgeous and everything about them is gorgeous. <laughs> He's gorgeous. He's gorgeous. Like, it's like, like a, a, you know, they don't. <laughs> They don't throw Corona bottles, you know. It's like, oh, Caesar's out mowing his yard without a shirt on today. I think I need to walk outside for a quick minute. <laughs> no, that sounds creepy, but he's a really that nice was guy. Creepy. That, that was, was really creepy. creepy. Yeah, yeah, that was creepy. So this next story is pretty long, but it's interesting. It's not the next story. It's the first one. Okay. So it says, my family and I sold our home in Wyoming, Ohio. And I had to look that up because yeah. I'm like, is there really a Wyoming, Ohio? And there is. And it seems like it was like a suburb of Cincinnati or Cleveland. It was one. Of, it was just a suburb of one of the big cities. Okay, that's interesting. Two state names. Yeah, together. never heard yeah. of that. But Wyoming, Ohio. We lived with a ghost or ghosts in that house for 15 years. During the last six or seven years that our family lived in the house, my daughter and I would only go upstairs when it was absolutely necessary and never at night. I have racked my memory over and over again, 
trying to identify the first experience I had in the house. And this is the first experience to the best of my recollection. I was working for a local village government at the time. We don't say village in Kansas. No. Um, There is a famous murder that occurred there in 1963. The murder of Patty, and I don't know if I'll say her last name correctly, Patty Rebholtz was a nationwide news story about the murder of a 15-year-old girl who went to a school dance on the evening of her murder. She left the dance to walk home and was never seen alive again. Her body was later discovered in a yard in her community, and it has been long speculated that her boyfriend at the time was responsible for her murder, although I don't believe that was ever proven in a court of law. Our police department was responsible for the safekeeping of evidence involved in crimes, and we had an evidence room downstairs in the old basement of the municipal building. And I'm thinking that she works in this building. Okay. I think that becomes a little apparent here. One day, a descendant of Patty Rebholtz came to the municipal building to view Patty's personal items. This included her clothing, shoes, purse, etc., Along with a family member was some representatives from a historical society, and I believe they were photographing Patty's personal belongings. It was an important occasion, and there were cameras and plenty of people overseeing the process of safely removing Patty's belongings and returning them to the evidence room. It almost seems like they were doing like a documentary or something. Mm -hmm. You know how they do that? Yeah. My office was the only office located upstairs in the building on the same floor where the viewing was taking place. I was not inside the room because I was continuing to work in my office. I remember coming down with a very unusual headache. It was much more painful than a normal headache, and I didn't have a history of headaches, so it took me by surprise. I requested approval from my boss to go home and try to sleep the headache away. So I left shortly after the viewing of Patty's belongings took place. I walked into my house. I was the only one home at the time. It was the middle of the day, and I remember it being really sunny that day. I felt so bad that I managed to stumble up the stairs and collapse on my bed. I'm a belly sleeper, so I just literally collapsed on the bed face first with all of my clothes on, and I didn't cover up with a blanket or anything. I lay there for a moment or two when I felt someone grab my butt. We've talked about pervert ghosts before. It was a full grab. I felt pressure coming from the top and bottom part of a hand on my rear end. I jumped up and turned around to look behind me and I couldn't see anything. It looked like an empty room. I was so terrified and sure that someone had just grabbed my butt that I screamed, Don't touch me! And I ran downstairs terrified. That was the first experience that I remember in that house. Isn't that a weird thing? Like, it seems like there would be little things like things moving or I heard some footsteps. But to get your ass grabbed is the first. And that is like, you know when someone's grabbing your ass. Well, yeah. Uh That's freaky. After that strange... After that day, strange occurrences became a regular part of life in the house, which is also weird because she remembers that happening. And then after that, all the gates were open. Mm -hmm. 
and there were also strange things happening at work. I remember that we received a phone call at work one day shortly after my first strange experience at home. The phone call came from the Hamilton County 911 Dispatch Department. They told us that we had an alarm sounding in our evidence room in our basement. The police chief walked into the evidence room to look around and nothing appeared to be out of place. I don't even think we could hear an alarm sounding. The police chief turned to shut the door in the evidence room, locked the door again, and returned to the administrative office. I'll never forget the look on his face. He was as white as a ghost and pretty startled. When we asked him what was wrong, he said, I can't explain this, but someone leaned in and whispered in my ear, don't do that. When I went to close the door, I actually felt breath on the side of my face. No one else was in the evidence room with the chief, so it was very hard to explain what had happened. At home, we were experiencing all sorts of strange things. Almost daily, someone in our home would feel someone or something sit down on our beds while we were in them. We would feel the pressure on the bed and sometimes even see the wrinkles in the blankets change in front of our eyes. It was a regular occurrence to have someone unable to be seen sitting or lying on our beds with us. I worked about 10 minutes away from home, so most days I would come home and enjoy an hour by myself at home while having lunch and then return to work. It had become a regular occurrence that our Alexa would be blaring old Elvis Presley music when I would walk into our empty house at lunchtime. There was no explanation why Alexa was playing Elvis music so loudly all the time. We were having all sorts of problems with Alexa. She would start talking and answering questions in the dead silent of the night and scare us all. She often asked someone or something to repeat a command, and no one had given her a command. Oh. I've thought about that before. You know, yeah, that... It just seems like a natural to have an Alexa overtaken by a spirit, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? That, you know, they would start doing things. It's kind of like that 2001 A Space Odyssey when, what is it, Hal? Hal. Yeah. And the computer actually begins to, you know, it's like AI. That's what's really everybody's scared about with AI now. And that, you know, it can have a mind of its own. So, yeah, that could be truly frightening. Because I'm like, okay, I swear just on your phone, you and I could be talking right now about bras. And next thing you know, you pick up your phone and there's ads for some bras. Yeah. Or whatever. Insert name of product here. Yeah. But that's how I kind of feel about Alexa. And I think that it could really be, I had one for a while, but I just had this weird feeling about it. And I'm like, I don't really need it. But I do see why people like Alexa But it's this right here, like walking in my house and Alexa's playing Elvis Presley music day after day. I know. Alexa says, hi, Carol. Yes, Carol, I will play Elvis Presley music for you. And you're like, I don't want Elvis Presley. (laughs) Yes, Carol, you do want Elvis Presley. You know, I mean, it's like, It doesn't matter, Carol. I love Elvis Presley music. Someone else in your house has requested Elvis Presley music. (laughs) Shut up, Alexa! There is no one else in my house. But like the commands, like answering, like, you know, 
The weather today in Wichita will be 91 and sunny. Yeah. Nobody asked you, Alexa. Yeah. That's creepy. So it says we finally got to the point where we just removed Alexa from our home because she was involved in too many strange occurrences. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. Our daughter was around seven or eight years old at the time, and we always had trouble sleeping in the house. She would regularly complain that she felt something walking or crawling on her while trying to go to sleep. She often said it felt like a light cat that she could not see. That's a very distinct feeling. Mm -hmm. Because our daughter had so many issues sleeping at home, she and I often slept together in a queen-sized bed upstairs in the house. Every once in a while, my husband would want to talk to me or be intimate with me, and he would tiptoe into the room we were sleeping in during the middle of the night and tap me on the shoulder to wake me up. After several times of my husband doing this, I started being woken up to taps on my shoulder. When I would open my eyes, no one would be there. It happened happened so often that I was becoming afraid of sleeping in the house. One evening, my husband and I were sitting downstairs in the living room, and I was sitting on the floor sorting out our mail, and he was sitting in our recliner across from me. It was about 9 p.m. at night. We had tied a long string to a chain on the living room ceiling fan so our young daughter could always reach the string in the living room to turn the light on. Good idea. Until... It was the type of string you just had to pull pretty hard on to get the light switch on, and oftentimes you would pull it a couple of times and the light would flicker before you actually pulled it hard enough to switch the light on. On this particular evening, my husband and I were sitting on opposite sides of the long light string, and we saw and heard the chain on the string get pulled lightly. It made the light flicker, And then we witnessed the string tighten up and then bounce like someone had pulled the string tight and released it in front of us, but there was no one there. That's also freaky. Yeah. Super freaky. The last night that my daughter and I slept upstairs in the house was about six or seven years before we sold the house. Think about that. The last night that her and her daughter would not sleep Upstairs in that house for six or seven years. You got to be scared. Yeah. Because it's like it gets old not sleeping in your bed. And I think I'd have tried to find a way to get out of that house. And sometimes you just can't. Yeah. My husband was working as a part-time firefighter at the time. So a couple of nights per week, he would sleep at the firehouse. My husband was working the night shift at the firehouse on this particular night. So it was just my daughter and I home alone. We were lying down in a queen-size bed upstairs for about 20 to 30 minutes when we heard noises downstairs that sounded like someone running back and forth from one side of the house to the other on the hardwood floors. We would try to calm down and try to get to sleep over and over again, and the noises would start every time the house got quiet. Which is a really weird, creepy sound. Mm -hmm. To be like upstairs and it's like there's somebody running running downstairs. yeah especially when you have hardwood floors. I was getting really scared, and I remember calling my husband at the firehouse and telling him what, was, and telling him what we were experiencing. At this point, I believed that it was possible that someone had broken into the house and was downstairs. 
The thought of a ghost never really crossed my mind at that point for some reason. When I called my husband, I was clearly upset and scared, and I believe I began crying because I was truly terrified. He advised me to call the police. So I called the police, and they responded quickly and thoroughly searched the house. They assured me that no one was inside the house and it was safe to go to sleep. So the police left. My daughter and I went back to bed. I think I upset something by calling the police because the rest of the night was terrifying and it caused my daughter and I to never sleep upstairs again. About 20 minutes after the police left our house, we started hearing the sounds of someone running back and forth downstairs on the hardwood floors again and again. Next, we heard something that is really hard to put into words. The best way I can describe it is that we heard what sounded like fighter jet pilots in the distance above our beds. It was like the very faint sounds of plane engines and gunfire and even grumbled voices on a radio frequency. I did not say anything out loud about the sounds I was hearing because I did not want to scare my young daughter. I did get up out of bed several times and walked towards the doorway of the bedroom, and as soon as I stood up and took a step away from the bed, the sounds stopped completely, and I heard silence. I laid back down several times. My heart was pounding, and I was terrified, but I was not saying anything to my daughter. She finally looked over at me and whispered, Mommy, why does it sound like there are planes flying above our heads? Oh. Oh! I told her that I didn't know, but I knew that no one else was inside the house with us and we just needed to try to fall asleep. It was getting pretty late at this point. I believe it was I believe it was around 1 a.m. What we experienced next is something difficult to describe in words, but I will do my best. Well, I thought the fighter jet thing was <laughs> difficult to I describe. I thought that footsteps running on the hardwood floors was <laughs> terrifying and it just gets worse and worse. As we lay in bed listening to the fighter jet pilot sounds above our bed, I looked over into the doorway of the bedroom and I could see two little beady glowing red eyes staring at me. Then I heard a growl like nothing I'd ever heard. It was not human, but it was definitely not any type of animal growl I'd ever heard before. It was like a sound that came from another world. It was extremely deep and sounded to me like a warning to get out. It almost sounded like there were multiple growls coming from multiple entities. And that was it. I grabbed my daughter. We ran downstairs, turned all of the lights on and the TV on, and we grabbed some extra blankets from anywhere we could find. My daughter slept the rest of the night on the couch, and I lay in the reclining chair next to her. We left the front door unlocked so we could run outside quickly if we needed to, and I slept with a cordless phone and a baseball bat in my hand the rest of the night. The next day, I told my dad what had happened, and he came over and went through the house very thoroughly and even looked through the attic space and found an antique painting of an old American Indian woman that had a very somber look on her face. My dad asked me if he could remove the painting from the house, and I asked him to please take it with him. We set traps for what we thought might be a wild animal loose in the house, and we put food in the traps to entice the wild animals or mice or whatever with hopes that we could find an explanation 
Nothing ever disturbed the food in the traps. So I guess we can rule that out. Mm -hmm. I tried to deal with the situation by placing crosses that had been blessed all over the house. I walked through the house reading blessings and doing rituals that were known to cleanse a house of any evil spirits. We continued to have experiences in the house, but my husband was the only one that would go upstairs and sleep upstairs. I moved my daughter's bedroom downstairs to the only one on the first floor, and I slept on the couch outside of her bedroom for the next six to seven years until we sold the house. You know you're scared shitless when you can't even sleep upstairs in your bed for six or seven years. Well, I mean, and not sleeping with your husband. Right. You know, because... Even way before that, she said she was sleeping with her daughter. Mm. So then I guess at this point, he would go upstairs to sleep and it wasn't bothering him? Guess not. Maybe it wasn't really happening when he was home. Maybe. And there's another really weird thing that happens. Okay. So so we continued to have experiences experiences in the house. It does say we, so I'm going to guess the husband's involved in that. But nothing as terrifying as the night we heard the growling and saw the red eyes. After we sold the house and moved out, another family bought the house and started a significant remodel of the home. At the time we moved out, I called ADT Security Company and had all of our ADT equipment disconnected and the service discontinued and informed them that we had moved. A few months after that, I received a phone call at work notifying me that the unplugged ADT equipment in our old house had begun sounding around 2 to 3 a.m. the night before, and several fire departments had responded throughout the night. And at one point, the ADT equipment was sending out a five-alarm fire notice to the fire departments. I don't even know how that works. Fire department could not get the ADT equipment to stop alarming, even had the officials from ADT come out to assist Every time they would get the equipment to stop alarming and they would leave and think the situation was over, the alarms would start again. I was getting phone calls from my realtor, fire chiefs, from everyone asking me to call ADT and have the equipment disabled, which I had done months prior to the incident. Now, maybe debunking, you called to get it disconnected and they didn't do it. And they didn't do it? Mm. I mean... That could happen. Yeah. Because we've all had those go-rounds with companies. It's like, no, I called you. We you know, we were supposed to do this. You said that. And they're like, right. oh, no. Especially like, um, oh, health insurance. I mean, it's possible, but something was actually also, you know, tripping it and setting yeah. it so it would go off. So then it says, after this experience, I came home to our new house after work one day, and I found all of our ADT equipment had been ripped out of our old house and had been bagged up and thrown up on our new porch as if someone was angry with us for what happened. Thankfully, we moved. I've never had problems again, and that was about four years ago. I just continue to hope that we never have problems like that again. I am having a physical response just by writing this story down and reliving this experience in my mind. My heart is pounding, and I'm shaking as I type this. It was very real for my family, and I feel a lot of compassion for other families dealing with similar situations. There aren't many places to turn for help, and it can leave you feeling helpless and hopeless and wondering if you are all losing your minds. Mm -hmm. 
I get that. Oh, I do. And too. there isn't a lot of things you can do. It's like, right. what do you do? And, you know, and, and I think, you know, didn't she say that she did blessings and hung crosses and stuff? Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, you're you're somewhat limited. Uh, some of the people that it seems like have some luck is the people that take control and, and talk to them and say, no, you're not going to do this anymore. Like, you know, they seem to have some luck by taking charge of the situation themselves. I've never had a ton of luck because I've always just been so scared that yeah. I couldn't get over my fear to be able to be that in charge of it. And it does take like to you for you to stand up and be like, no, this is my house. Get out of here. When you're hearing the footsteps running back and forth and you saw the beady eyes and you're hearing these noises and there's just something grabbed her ass at the very beginning of this story. Yeah. Um, okay. So my question was, okay, the beady eyes. I'm going to go to back to that part of that story. And then it scared her so bad, she scooped up the kid, the blankets, pillows, whatever, and ran down the stairs. Did she have to go through the door where the beady eyes were? You'd have like, to. Like, see, I yeah. would, like, had it must have disappeared, and then she went. Because yeah. you, you don't run through the beady eyes. Yeah. But even if you saw the beady eyes, it'd be pretty hard to run through that. So, therefore, I would probably be stuck in that room for the rest of my life. That's what I mean. Like, I would not have been able to run through that because I would have been... As, as definitely, if they were still there, you couldn't. So it must have lifted. And then she thought, here's my chance, right? Yeah. That must have been the way that happened. Okay. So another question. Okay. Do you think any of this story has anything to do with them going in and opening up all the evidence stuff oh, from yeah. the murder case? Gosh, I'd forgotten all about that. I got so caught up in the rest of the yeah. story. That seems because to have been it the seems trigger. Kind of huh? weird that that there would be, you know, she wasn't in the room with them when they're doing this, but she did have to go home with an extreme headache, which she'd never had before. Gets home, something grabs her ass, and that's when it all began. Yeah, and then after that, there were, you know, all these things going on. Gosh, it, it does seems seem like related. a weird. Yeah, it seems. It seems weird that them opening up the evidence from a murder case of a 15-year-old girl would cause that to her because it wouldn't be the 15-year-old girl who's haunting her. Well, and there's that also that interesting uh, part of this where the police chief was in the evidence room. Yeah, there was And that he heard something. Thing. And a police chief is not a guy who just thinks paranormal stuff right. right these are logical guys there's always a reason for things right and they that's their job is to debunk everything in the world i mean that's you know no that couldn't possibly because of this and this you know that's the kind of guys these guys are they're real in charge they're real in control right and it scared him yeah i don't know it's weird because they seem connected mm -hmm. or maybe it kind of opened her up and then when she got home there were things in her house that are like aha well it was unsolved they don't know who did it right the, yeah, the murder is it like the, so do we the did, evil murderer did he live in that house 
Oh. Like who lived in that house before her? I don't know. That was a really, really scary story. Yeah, and I can see why it why it triggered her again when she was writing it. It would trigger me. Yeah. And I'd still be in that bedroom. My God. <laughs> Stuck. I know. That's what I keep thinking. And, and it's like, do I, food delivery services, can they come to the bedroom door? Yeah. Because I can't even get to the front door. Can you come to the back and window And I hope or this damn bedroom has an ensuite. Well, because... that's what I meant. Because when she said she ran out, I'm like, oh, my God, the nerve to just get your, you know, courage up to run through that door after you'd seen somebody in it. But as a parent, I'm not. You are. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you have like done whatever it took to make sure your kid oh, was absolutely. safe? So that's probably what got her through the but door was protecting what's weird her is kid. She slept downstairs all those years because she was too afraid to be upstairs. But stuff happened downstairs. The the running across the floor downstairs. But no beady eyes, no jet planes flying above your head. And I guess nobody grabbed your butt. Yeah, I guess. But still. And that would piss me off. I'm like, don't you but touch my But there still was things. There were still things downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a good story. So if you have a real ghost story like that one, and I think very few people do, you can call in anytime, 855-853-4802. Write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You can get an ad-free version of the show. And with that, you can get advanced episodes and access to the archive by becoming a premium subscriber. Do that through Apple Podcasts. You can do that through patreon.com slash real ghost stories or at ghostpodcast.com. And for all of us here at Real Ghost Stories Online, thanks for listening.